You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Pie Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm your host, and today we're going to talk about the Kelly Pie debate. And I'm joined by Craig and uh, Hamish. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we're not talking about football last week. We're talking about pies. <laughs> pie banter. Well, I, yep. I've, I've not had a pie in a long time, so I don't know if I can really chip in with pie banter. I missed out at Hamden uh, a week past Sunday there, so I don't know. I could talk about a killer pie from the past, <laughs> but nothing recent. Well, 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 what we should start off with then is explain what the killer pie debate is, because there's been a bit of a an issue with the, the Kelly Pie and that the the football team come on like are claiming that uh, they invented the Kelly Pie but is it Browning the supplier of the yep. the yeah. current supplier of the Kelly Pie claims it's uh, theirs and they can trademark it so uh, it might be that the Kelly Pie name has to disappear while this goes through the, the courts um, yeah I think Kamarnock in the I think it was the late 90s trademarked uh, the term Kelly for their like their, their commercial Ventures and uh, obviously then the Kelly Pie came out and I think that they both benefited from that tie-up, Brownings and Kilmarnock, so I don't think either of them really pushed it too far, but then I think Brownings now went behind Kilmarnock's back, or, or that's what Kilmarnock's side of the story is. They went behind their back to try and trademark the term Kelly Pie because it's taken off beyond football. It's in Aldi's. That's where I've tried it. I've never tried it at an actual game of football. But I've had it uh, pre-packed from Aldi's and it's, it's pretty good from there. Um, I'm guessing it's even better when tasted fresh. I've only ever had a actual Kelly pie at Kilmarnock once. I, I mean, I'm not a, much of a, a steak pie fan. I prefer a, a Scotch pie. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask whether this is an outrage or not. But it's, I mean, it is one of those things because Kilmarnock like, has become synonymous with it being one of the best pies at football. So... Uh, it's, 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 it's been, the name's been dried through the mud a bit, and nobody wants a muddy pie. They may, as, they may uh, have won it again, best pie. Cause were, I'm sure when they said that in the article I was reading, that, that, that they've, they've won numerous awards for it. They seem to win it every year, don't they? I think it's yeah. a fix. I quite like the pies at Ibrox. I, I, I can't remember the, the bakers that do it. Is it McGee's? Something like that. But their pies are pretty good. They do specials as well. And then the pies, obviously, at McDermott Park. Yeah, McDermott Park. About that. Infamous on this podcast. Aye, the, the, the steak and chorizo pie. Yeah. It's a steak and black pudding one at Ibrox, but I've yet to have a, a chance to try it because the last time I tried to buy it, the till didn't work. And the girl behind the, the till wouldn't let me buy it, even though I had the correct change. She said it wasn't possible for some reason. So she turned me away. Right, we've talked about pies enough, I think. We're going to need to talk about football now. Although, we could we could segue really nicely here if we just go on and talk about the Hibs game. Um, so we go from talking about the pie to talking about someone who maybe had a few pies. The Hibs goalkeeper! <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I, I think that the way it's, it's turned out, I think he was... Uh, a laughing stock is pushing it a bit far, but I think there was a lot of sniggers as he lined up for the game. The size of him, there was some pictures doing the rounds on Twitter, and then look how who's laughing now. Exactly, a fine specimen of a man. 
Ah, well, I mean, it's, it's almost like the joke you're putting the, the big fat guy in goal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know you did that when you were at school? <laughs> you can't run, you can go. You'll be able to take more things out because you're massive. <laughs> Aye, that's the thing. I, I can remember when uh, back in primary school, you'd get a new boy uh, joined the class and it's the first thing you'd ask him. Where, where do you play football? Uh, I remember uh, an Indian guy turned up and said, right, where do you play? What, what position? He's like, well, I don't play football. Right, okay, you're in goals. That's it, decided. <laughs> even even at like, my like advancing years, shall we say, when it comes to my football career anyway, you go and go when you're knackered. <laughs> exactly, you're knackered. <laughs> you're or or you, you, you've, you've done some ligament damage, you, you've uh, tore a, a tendon in your knee, just go and goals. Yeah, just go and goals for the last half hour, you'll be all right, you'll be fine. You forgot your kit. <laughs> Have you, have you have you seen? I was the the goalkeeper's Conrad Logan. Have you seen what his career is? As he's basically oh, been at Leicester City for a, a decade, but he's been on loan about ten yeah. times. <laughs> it's Boston United twice, Stockport County twice, Luton Town, Bristol Rovers, Rotherham United, Rochdale, and then he signed for Hibs. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, aye. Just, See, uh, yeah. I think it was just in the sort of March actually. It's a short-term deal in March. He signed. It's his first sixty. His first senior game for sixteen months, and he get man in a match. And at fair play, he deserved it because, for what I've seen in the highlights, and I must admit, I have only seen the highlights, not the full game. Dundee United had some really good chances, and he was the one keeping them out, with the possible exception of the one that was cleared off the line. Yeah, I think oh, it was in, Mackay was clean through on goal at least twice, and he saved it. Yeah. Yes, I very early on, uh, one of them anyway. I did really well, especially one-on-one. Uh, I think, uh, I may have this wrong, but I'm sure there was about three or four one-on-ones that he saved. Done really well. And then obviously had the, the saves in the shootout. Which, oh, know, I really liked uh, his banter during the, the shootout. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll cover it a wee bit later on about another keeper's banter, but <laughs> uh, Logan, just the way he was he was so vocal, I couldn't really work out what he was saying on the telly, but he was just shouting and and just just trying anything to to put off the the kicker, and well, it worked for the the first two. And I was I was kind of watching the game as a neutral. But see, after he saved the second one, I was willing that he saved the third. I was just uh, I just I don't know. He single handedly made me want Hibs to do well. He's got a bit. He may be a bit of a cult hero. Cause, well, it might become more than a cult hero. Because <laughs> if uh, if Hibs should do the unthinkable and finally end or uh, many years is it? Hamish, you'll know. Uh, <laughs> since 1902, I do believe. <laughs> uh, Mark Elkley says 114 years. Yeah. Do you know who they beat in that cup final? Uh, it was Celtic, was it? It was indeed, yes. 1902. At Celtic Park, I believe. Of all places. I heard, I heard the goal was offside. Ah, probably. <laughs> there it goes. Referees. Always favours the green team. How does that work? No, anyway. Um, I suppose there's the question. Will Logan even be in goals for the game? Oh, that's it. That is the question. And he's yeah. Obviously, this is, that's his, that was his first game. Um, you'd be hard pushed to say he doesn't deserve it. He's, he's the man that got Hibs to the final. Uh, I think we may find it as soon as like, this midweek because obviously yes. uh, Hibs now play Rangers and we'll come to it later. But it's, it's, it's a, a warm up game for the, the cup final. He has to start. Surely he has to start this coming Wednesday. He can't be dropped after that performance. I'll probably keep him for the final. 
Because let's face it, Hibs have got a massive amount of games coming up. Yeah. Come in storage. <laughs> but aye, a, after being uh, spending so long out, uh, so long without a, a professional game coming in, I, I don't know how you do that. It takes. I, I'm not obviously a professional footballer, but it probably takes me about a month to get back up to speed when I return to fives after being out injured. That's why. That's why you start off and go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out yeah. for like weeks I'm going to start and go <laughs> I'll just play here for the first week <laughs> uh, I wonder how much criticism he's had for his weight since Saturday's game everybody seemed to mention it on Twitter when I was watching uh, kind of coming through as well it was just for, for, for a guy that appears to be such a laughing stock he's become a hero it's, well, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing as uh, I can Fenway the guy that plays down in England uh, he's a guy that, that most people only know because of his weight so maybe he could use it to his advantage a wee bit like Nadi as well like Christian Nadi oh, he's on a lot of people's radar just because of the size of him Neville Southall that's the one I, I, I've been trying to remember for days uh, yes. he used to be the Everton goalkeeper he was a bit of a, a size as well but and he played I'm sure when he was about 41 aye oh, he came well. back and uh, played a, a, a couple of games maybe uh, and yeah, he was he was about that size. Uh, well, young Conrad is only thirty. <laughs> I tell you what, that's a hard pay for round and all. <laughs> I feel you know what, I, feel, I feel bad because I'm just sitting here slacking the guy off. He's in a Scottish Cup final. <laughs> He's man of the match. Man of the match. <laughs> Does that not tell you something about the game though? Uh, it was a oh. dire game. Aye, yes. that, that was the impression I got for the the, the highlights. It just. Apart from his saves, uh, well, okay. Apart from his saves and a certain penalty, it was during the game, not in the shootout. <laughs> yes, uh, there's there's very little to be discussed other than that. You're right, but but Cummings penalty, uh, I seen him uh, line it up, and I've got to say that I, I had a wee smile on my face when he did that because he deserves it for his cheekiness. It's just a penalty normally. Don't try and be fancy. Yeah. Um. I mentioned on Twitter earlier what I had my notes for this, but I'm going to be polite <laughs> and say it was, oh, yes. it was somewhat questionable to uh, try and hit the penalty like that when uh, you're lacking the ability to do it. Yeah. Yes, but then I think credit to him, the look on his face when he stepped up to take the winning penalty, the, he, he almost looked like he was loving it. He, he looked like he, it was it's nowhere he'd rather be than to, to step up and take that, and I think that takes a lot of guts. And they didn't hit a brilliant penalty. No. They hit no. A, a penalty that went in the back of the net. That's up. So I think credit to him for, for being able to turn that round. For, for a young guy, he could easily have let that ruin his day and easily have shirked the responsibility in the penalty shootout. Yeah, but I think to be fair, Hibs really had two penalties to win it. Yeah. It was the first. So even if he'd missed and done United scored the next one, somebody else was going to have a chance to win it for Hibs. So the, uh, uh, if... If it's possible for the pressure to be off in a penalty shootout, that was his penalty was where the pressure was off. So he, he, he could afford to be that sort of cocky smile on his face, and he, he, he certainly seemed confident. And I mean, fair play after the the first miss, it, it takes a bit of uh, takes a bit of credit to to go and hit another one. But he did it, scored that. Hibs are in the final, so so uh, full credit to Hibs for that. And. Um, it's not as if Hibs have had an easy route to the final either. Is it, am I right saying they've had Premiership teams all the way? Yeah, I think so. So that's, uh, that's been a, a difficult road for them. It's, uh, it's, it's funny because they're not going to have a Premiership team in the final. 
for the, the, the oh, first time ever the Scottish Cup final is going to be contested by two lower league teams which means it'll be the first time that a, a lower league team has won the Scottish Cup since East Fife in the 30s and European football beckons yeah which yep. is interesting I think the likes of Ross County and Motherwell will be a wee bit disappointed by that because they would have been hoping that Celtic were going to go in and do the double because then uh, if they'd done that then the, the, the fourth place team in the league would have got the the Europa League place or the Europa League qualifying place I should say but uh, that's not to be it will be the Scottish Cup winner that's in Europe next season I think it also means Hearts have to play an extra qualifying round as well now I think that was guaranteed anyway I think what was going to happen was the Cup winner gets to go in a round later but if the Cup winner was also the league winner then the team that finished second were going to go in a round later so it means Aberdeen are going to play that extra round yeah. uh, it impacts my my big team or it was my big team for a long time St Johnson I used to enjoy my movie trips there to, to watch some European football they're one of the, the other team that's going to be impacted by that but then maybe my, my wee team could be in, in Europe the, the brand new team that I support now you mentioned brand new team now leaving all that aside uh, it's going to come up if Rangers win this cup Derry City suffered something very similar to what Rangers suffered and yes. had their coefficient reset. Yes. They weren't allowed to carry on the coefficient of the pre-liquidation. Yes. Whatever, think... whatever happened to Derry, whatever actually happened to Derry City, I think that might apply to Rangers. I don't think it makes much difference. I think they lose about two coefficient points for that happening. <laughs> yeah, I've got to the stage, see, with, with all of that. I think that uh, even if uh, FIFA came out and said, right, fact, this is how it is, 100% fact. There'd be people both sides arguing. So uh, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't affect this. They could say one thing, they could say the other. It, it doesn't affect what, what most people will think. Most people will still, still argue their point. Uh, going back to the game, it, this probably wouldn't have been in the highlights, but I wanted to mention the, the, a farce with yet another substitution at Dundee United. And I think it was Donaldson. Yeah, it was Donaldson. It was your highlights, actually. Was it? Was yeah. it? Aye, that's good. He went down a minute or two before the incident with an injury, and it was quite clear that he was uh, in distress, but he, he carried on, and eventually he went back down. He was down for a wee while before mm-hmm. he eventually went off, and then Pat Linen's obviously screaming and shouting at him to, to get back on the park because he's not got a sub ready. But I think Pat Linen needs to look at himself there because... I could see the guy was struggling, so why not get your get your uh, replacement up, warming up at that point? If you don't need him, you don't need him. Don't yeah. have him sitting on his arse with his, uh, his track, it's still on. And then eventually he goes back down again, and still he doesn't get him ready. I thought that was that was poor preparation for Paline, and, and I don't know if he was trying to detract a bit by screaming, shouting, trying to blame Donaldson, but it's definitely not the way to go, especially after the incident with Gunning. No, there the, the seems to be big issues at Dundee United. Um, not so much how they're playing, but the, certainly the, the management from a environment. environment. That's the word I'm looking for. It's, it's, it's not the easiest places to work at the moment. I think it's yes. maybe a mean environment. Do we, do we actually know for atmosphere with gunning? No, they just they've let them go. This contract has been cancelled. Well, not... Technically, it's not been cancelled. The not? latest I heard, Chris, was that uh, Pat Linen says, you're not going to play for us again, but you're, uh, you're more than willing to train with us, 
but it might suit you better if you go and train with a, another club with an eye of making a move when your contract ends in the summer. That's bizarre. <laughs> but then that was that that came out the day or two after the statement that says uh, he'd left by mutual consent. So yeah, it's, it's difficult to believe exactly what went on there. I heard from a, a Dundee United supporter uh, that he was sarcastically applauding the fans when he was going off uh, during that game, the, the, the game where he picked the ball up. And he reckons it could be something to do with that. It wasn't just the, the picking the ball up, it was his reaction to it. And uh, the fact that he, he wasn't apologising for it, he was quite defiant. He said he's been rubbish for quite a lot of the season anyway, so he wasn't too gutted that he was, he was going to be off the books. Aye, it's, uh, it's an odd one, certainly. <laughs> I think there's um, there's there's something's going on in the changing room as well. Aye, that sounds that like. Yeah, uh, Pat Linen was trying to fight his case a wee bit by saying that uh, he was injured, so he couldn't couldn't kick the ball out. But the passage of play when it happened, yeah, he's, he's maybe hurt his knee, but he was okay enough to walk across to the the bench. Surely he could have used his other foot to toe poke it out. Foot, eh? <laughs> Just toe poke it out. It wasn't a hundred mile an hour stuff. He could have even have just toe-poked it back to his teammate and says, look, get rid of this. You see it all the time. The second a player sits down, the ref will, will call it, or, or even the, the opposition will, will kick the ball out for a, a throw-in. I think there's a reason why we don't see people pick the ball up themselves and walk off the park. Uh, it's because it's just not the done thing. Other than maybe, was it Ronaldo? Years ago at Old Trafford, he didn't pick the ball up, but he just decided to walk down the tunnel. Fergie didn't have a sub ready. That's the only one I can think <laughs> I of. I think you're right. I think it was Ronaldo. The only other time I can think of somebody actually just grabbing the ball was Decanio. But then he did that because the keeper was down. And that was, and that was the, the, the sporting kind of aspect of him. So. But yeah, actually picking it up because you're injured when you're that close to the touchline already is just a bit bizarre. Yep. Unless he was trying to stop the quick throw in being taken or something. I don't know. I don't think he was that injured. No, I think he was using that as a bit of an excuse. Uh, so, uh, Dundee United, that's um, out of the cup. Uh, well, I say they're out of the cup. They've only got five cup finals, haven't they? And to use the old uh, cliche. Aye. Eight points yep. behind. A big gap to make up in five games. No, I don't think it's going to happen. Nah, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, I, I said in the podcast last week that there's probably more chance of Aberdeen catching Celtic because then they're at least at the top of the league and... Like they're, they're a team on form and like they've been winning all season, whereas Dundee United have got the same gap to make up, but they've been a team that haven't been able to get any kind of decent consistency with, with wins going. So if you don't expect Aberdeen can, get, can do it, then the chances of Dundee United wanting to make up the same kind of gap just seems very remote. Yeah, I think if anything, the, the excitement will be surrounding the, the playoff spot down the bottom of that table there. Even then, it's, it, it almost looks like it's down to Kamala or Hamilton. You're not really yeah. expecting any of the other three to get dragged in. No. No, you're right. So, uh, well, I, I suppose in that case, the Dundee United game at the weekend is important because they're uh, hosting Hamilton at Danny's. So that might, that might, that's probably important for both of them. I suppose if Dundee United can win that, then maybe they give themselves a chance. But it's a small chance at best. They need to hope Inverness beat Kamala. And they'll know what happens in that game because that game's. Uh, is it the 24th? Are they all Sunday? Ah, uh, they're all Sunday, but they're. Oh, no, it's Kamarnock games at yeah. lunchtime. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm for this Kamarnock at the lunchtime kickoff. It's Celtic Ross County, it's in between. Right. 
at the same time he's done Eric Tamlin. Right. I'm reading the, I'm reading the, the, the Scottish Football Forum's predictor page, looking at it thinking, that's top six and bottom six, but it's not because Celtic Ross County's That's, <laughs> that's puzzling. I, I couldn't work it out why they've done it that way. I know the Celtic game is on the Sunday because Rangers are at home on the Saturday. Well, yeah, they moved the, the game to a lunchtime kickoff, the Rangers yeah, game. The, the, so the, the spot the police. I, I don't know so, if that means that there's still an issue with having it on the same day, possibly so. Oh, you know what it is? You're the, although they've moved the, the, the game at lunchtime kickoff for Rangers, there, there'll be extended coverage later on because I think he's getting the trophy. Oh, aye, aye, there'll be aye, party time. All right. Makes you wonder why they bother changing the last day, game of the season then. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen during that game. Because, yeah, they've, they've already had their lap of honour against Dumbarton. They're going to have their lap of honour complete with trophy Saturday lunchtime. For any excuse for a party, Chris. Pretty much. Just milking <laughs> it there. <laughs> Aye. No, that's fine. That's fine. Hearts did it with the, the Scottish Cup. Aye. Uh, so often enough. So, <laughs> so we'll do it with the, with the Championship League. Maybe parade that uh, Petrofac Cup round as well. Oh, aye, 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 you're right, Hamish. <laughs> Petrofac, and then, then there's also the, the treble we're going for. It's an unorthodox treble, but it's still a treble. A treble, as you put it in sports scene last week. Well, it's, it's, it's legitimate enough. It's, um, all right, it's a war league and the war league cup that's, that makes up two of them, but the, the Scottish Cup's probably... Uh, that's a prestigious one. That's the one that's been going for longer than any other competition in Scotland, so... When you oh, want that's to. massive, yeah. Oh, right, okay, let's talk about how he's got them. <laughs> well, I, I, to link the two games, the Hibs Dundee United game I heard described as one of the worst games of football that somebody's seen this season. And then we move on to the Rangers Celtic mm-hmm. game, which was mm-hmm. a fantastic advert, I felt. Well, I'm slightly biased, but I thought it was a fantastic well, advert for Scottish football. Okay, right, let's dissect that then. Mm-hmm. Would you say that was one of Rangers' best performances of the season? No. No? No, we, we didn't have many chances in front of goal. We had yep. plenty of possession, plenty of attractive football, but no, we didn't have a lot of shots on target. We didn't breakthrough often enough so no I don't think it was their best performance no yeah uh, I I would agree with you but I've heard many people saying that as well as Rangers have played all season no Uh, I think I think Celtic let Rangers have the ball for a lot lot of the time but it was in front of them aye and I think that was more due to the fact that Celtic had the worst midfield I've seen in a long time (laughs) because Brown beat on and Johansson, the three of them in the centre of the midfield, could not keep possession at any point in time. It was really strange. I was really surprised how poor that was, especially at the start of the game. There were so many slack passes. It was, it was, it was just dreadful. When, when you factor in that, that's three of our five in the midfield. Gary McKay-Steven was anonymous, and Roberts faded out of the game because we've come to that well. <laughs> but he, he seemed to be the best midfielder to start with. And I thought Rangers did a pretty good job of handling them. So if you nullify that entire midfield five, you're isolating Griffiths at the same time. That one leaves a back four doing it. So for the pretty much the first 45 minutes of the game, I thought Celtic were just not at the races whatsoever. They're chasing the ball, weren't they? Yeah. They, couldn't, they couldn't string any passes together at all. No. 
No, I think I think her best chances kind of almost came from Roberts getting kind of even a wee bit of luck in that one, and then what passing it to somebody else who then doing not a lot with it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the the goal itself for the, the Rangers scored the, in the first half had been coming. I think I mean it's kind of hard to know who to blame for it in the Celtic team. See, I, at the time I had a, a wee wry smile that that Brun had a, a part to play in it. But look, you see, if you replay that that incident exactly again, he has to stick a foot out. Yeah. You can't let that get past yeah. you. You have to try and do something to stop it getting into the box. The it's only, just bad luck. The only reason Brown wouldn't go for that is if he gets a shout from Mulgrew behind him because Mulgrew's covered it. Uh-huh. But I don't think Mulgrew shouts. I mean, I watched this a couple of times on the replays and I don't see any shout from Jeremy Mulgrew. So if he, if he shouts, maybe Brown leaves it then. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're still relying on Brown probably going against his nature because he's going to be stretching to get that ball. The minute he does it and gets a, nut, a touch on it, he takes Mulgrew out of the game. You're in the line on what, the likes of Boyata trying to pick up Miller. But I don't think Boyata's expecting it to get there either. So That's I don't Miller think, at his best. I, no, I don't, I, I, it's Miller. He was, he was playing on the edge of Boyata's shoulder and he, he pounced on the, the the half chance, which became a great chance for him, and he, and he fired it in the net. So, fair play to Kenny Miller for doing that. You could probably blame Boyata for not marking him properly, but I don't think he was expecting it. I don't think that was the worst thing Boyata did. He had he had several uh, points in the half an hour or so that he played after that, but uh, he, he seemed to be struggling against the, the Rangers attack. So. It was almost fortuitous that he went off injured because when Sviatchenko came on, our defence just seemed to solidify. Well, well, they uh, brought him on. Uh, I don't know who did get man of the match, but he he certainly put in a performance that had him as a a strong contender for man of the match. Yeah. Yeah, he he not only showed up our defence, but he suddenly became the threat at corners. Yes. Oh, it was a a worry. Every time there was a a set piece, it was a a concern uh, that he just seemed to be bossing in the air and uh, overall I think Celtic had many more chances uh, than Rangers I would I would yeah. say Rangers were and again I'm biased but I would say that they played the, the more attractive football I would have thought that uh, I'd class them as being the better team because of that the, the, it was much better on nicer on the eye but Celtic had the better chances you had Scott Brown early on hit the ball wide of the post which was yep. something that if he'd got that on target, it, it could have went in. You got Roberts, made the mistake uh, in front of a, a pretty much empty net. I don't <laughs> think Fodering would have got it. He, he looked like he, he no. tried, but that, that came from Griffiths hitting the post as well. Yeah, uh, that that was that. And it was Griffiths hitting the post, which took Fodering out the game because yes. it bounces into Roberts' pass, and you're thinking he's just stroking this in. I think to give Roberts some credit for this, he's overcompensated for uh, Fotherham scrambling across. He's yeah. tried to keep it away from him as much as possible and overdone it, which is why he's knocked it wide. So it's I can understand why he's done it, but it's still a shocking miss. It's, I mean, Van Vossen was mentioned within about two seconds, and I think you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell it's, you it's who's good banter, uh, Jason Cummings. Made a, made a comment about right, it and yeah. said that he'd seen worse. Aye, aye probably what, last week. Referring to him. <laughs> one that he managed to hit the bar for two yards. Yes, aye, he was actually <laughs> between the posts. Aye. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Roberts looked a, oh, he looked a destroyed man. And that's my problem. Young. That's one of my major problems with how uh, Celtic played out this game because Roberts needed lifted somehow. 
He needed his captain to put his arm round him and lift him and say I'm going to get the next one. He needed a manager at half time to lift him. Nothing. Either Roberts never got spoken to by any of them or uh, whatever was said to him didn't work. Um, and I'm not sure I see anybody go to him, which seems a bit harsh. Because, I mean, Roberts was after he missed that chance. was Although, although I said earlier that the Rangers were keeping him at bay, he still looked a bit of a threat. After that, he never looked at any threat at all. And that wiped out the rest of their midfield, effectively. Probably would have been just as well to take him off. I would have thought so. But I think that the fact that we had to make the early sub with Boyata going off and Sviatchenko coming on, it kind of it tied their hands a wee bit. That's right. Left with two subs. We knew extra time was always a possibility. And you were bringing on a guy that was injured. Anyway... Yeah, Sviatchenko himself was one just back. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he was one of the few people in the Celtic team that managed to make it without hobbling about at some point which yeah. is surprising. But yeah, there's always that risk. You, you can't be taking off too many people too early. But uh, just to look in his face, and oh, he, he looked like he was going to cry at times now. I've got, I have got. do have some sympathy for him, to be fair. <laughs> I've <been laughs> in that position, missing the open goal. Hamish, have you seen, the, have you seen that incident? I have, yeah. Yeah, that... aye, aye. It's, it's a bell. Was it? <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was a good one. It's one of those, see if you need cheering up. <laughs> just put that on. Just put that on. It's funny, it never, it never tears me up. <laughs> oh, see, the thing is, see, when I play uh, sevens or, or fives or, or even elevens, if that happens to me, I would ask to be subbed. I would. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> or just run off the park and say to the sub, right, on you go, on you go, just, that's it. I'm, to, I'm needing five minutes to sort my head out. To be honest, what happened back to me, on. My, my, my first thought was, I have to get another chance. I cannot let that one live me for the rest of life. Never get another chance. <laughs> it was one of the games. So, uh, well, right. as if I wasn't depressed enough already, we've just brought up that bloody goal again. It was always going to happen. Anyway, so Rangers were on top for the the, the first forty five minutes. Um, I, I would I'd agree with you. They probably played the nicer, attractive football, but it was ineffective. I think Celtic's football was more effective, but didn't quite work. Yes. Yep. Um, but then we came in flying out of traps in the second half. We got about four or five corners in a row, which we hadn't got any in the first half. Obviously scored for one of those with Fiatchenko. Cracking header. Don't think there was much uh, anybody in the Rangers scheme could do about it once he'd won it. Uh, I was willing him to jump over that advertising board and get sent off. Like, Just go for it. Get carried away. Forget that you've been booked. <laughs> but no, he didn't. No, he's, he managed to stay on the park uh, in the, on the field of play, so I was, that was good of him. Um, he actually had another chance just after that goal as well, where he kind of it looked like he was maybe going to put it in the other top corner, but um, Fotheram was able to pluck it out of the air. Yes. But after that, Celtic just fell away again. And the, the, the rest of the, the, the second half just seemed to play out with Rangers in possession, but not really troubling Craig Gordon. Yes, that's, well, that's Rangers uh, all over. Uh, they pass that about for fun, uh, and you'll have seen from that that they, they don't cross the ball in. Uh, no, I noticed that with your corners as well. Yes. They're always taking short corners. Yep. Was, was uh, I think it was uh, Dumbarton that were that were really quite quite blatant and and encroaching. As soon as the corner was given, they would send a player to just stand pretty much at the corner flag, just so they couldn't take a, a short corner. And the ref isn't going to book anybody in that situation because they're just they just say right, get back. And then by then the, the moment's perhaps yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh, and Celtic were getting a bit like that near the end. They were getting a bit savvy to this. It's uh, almost a bit like Barcelona, isn't it? That they, they know they've got no height in the middle. Yeah, I'm, so they don't use it. I'm glad you said that. A wee bit like Barcelona, yep. 
a little bit. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the kind of thing that actually frustrates a lot of people in Ibrox. I think many of us want to see attractive football like that, but it becomes a bit predictable, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when the, the opposition know what's coming up, so they actually combat that by putting people really tight, as tight as they can get. And yeah, there's a lot of groans at Ibrox at times when we should be mixing it up. Go with that as first choice, but if that's not happening, hit the odd cross or two. But we just we, we don't have people in the air. I thought Danny Wilson was all right in there until I, I've seen him this season at Ibrox. He's just not very commanding at all. No, he's not. He's not that good in there at all. So this, I mean, we finished one each at full time. So and extra time we went, um, and then we had the inexplicable throw-in incident. Right, I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to say this is any excuse whatsoever because throw-ins go get given the wrong way all the time. You just got on it. Um, what I don't understand about this is why did Craig Thompson overrule his linesman who had a better position to see it? Because the linesman gave the throw to Celtic, and the replay clearly showed it was a throw to Celtic. Well, what um, I don't understand is why Craig Thompson overruled him despite the fact Craig Thompson's view was quite clearly blocked. I think overruling is something that, that's very unusual, but. From my experience at games, it's it's unusual for a linesman to actually make a call. In that instance, they normally wait and watch the referee and decide what way the referee is going to give it, and then put their flag up. So it's it's not being overruled, but it's being dictated to by the referee. And that seemed a bit this this way. The way he pointed at his chest and says, "I'll make the decision. I'll uh, decide." It was very arrogant. I thought that yes. actually. Uh, I was yeah. like, "No, I'm right. It's got, I've said it's a Rangers throw, and it's going to be a Rangers throw." And the lines was basically standing, going, "What the hell, my father?" Yes. It's, it's almost like that. That you know, he almost knew he was wrong, but just to spite them, he said, "No, I'm I'm going to give it to to Rangers." Yes. When clearly he hadn't seen it. You rarely see things like that, incidents like that, where the referee actually goes up to the linesman and has a wee chat. But that's it would just take a second or two. What do you think you've seen there? What do you think you've seen it hit Tavernier again? Or, or what? Just a wee yeah. chat and the referee might have went the other way. Yeah, they're all mic'd up so they can talk yep. to each other. And if you're not going to talk to them, what's the point? Yes. So, I mean, all, all we're asking there is the officials to talk to each other. I mean, that shouldn't be too hard. But uh, no, we get the arrogance of Craig Thompson overruling it and deciding he was right. We'll go where he goes. So then just take the throw, and Barry McKay goes and sticks the ball in the pokey. We're an absolute cracker. I I was round at my mate's house and uh, it was lucky I took my shoes off at the door because I I did end up jumping up and down his couch. <laughs> and I went in. Uh, I mean, fair play to him. That's he, he could hit that another hundred times and it would never go anywhere near the goal. But he stuck it right in the corner. There's nothing Craig, Tom, eh, Craig Gordon can do about it. Oh, it was oh, pretty much perfect. We were watching it, thinking it's taking a deflection. It's done something, but no, no, it was, no, it was just, a screamer. Yeah, there's just there's nothing you can say about it. That's score of season stuff. That yeah, uh, I was watching the game with uh, three Rangers fans and one Celtic fan, and I did feel for the Celtic fan at that point because we were getting a bit carried away. Oh, but uh, I, I was on my mate's back at one point, just in a wee living room. It just—it was just—it was silly behaviour. That's what happens when you start drinking so early in the morning. It's one of those goals where you go, if that's the winner, then fair enough. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. You just go take centre and move on. Um, but it wasn't—it wasn't the winner because somehow Celtic, despite the fact they looked almost beat again, managed to have some sort of talking to. Uh, at the changeover and within 40 seconds of the restart in the second period extra time they were level again 
Now, yeah. I, I mean, e- even at this point in time, I'm thinking, thank goodness for Kieran Tierney. Because for all, half our team was garbage. Kieran Tierney was in about it. I thought he kept Tavenier really quiet uh, when he was trying to get forward. Uh, obviously, Tierney himself wasn't getting forward too much, but then he did get forward in this instance, managed to beat his man, cut it back to Roderick perfectly, and all Roderick had to do was throw a bone in it. So the I annoying thing for me was his, his man was Nicky Law. That's yeah. Right. Oh. Yep. That annoyed yeah. me. I, 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 I don't rate him. And Warburton doesn't rate him either because he's hardly played at all and he was forced into playing him. Yeah, so he, it's bench. just disappointing. Like, players, they don't need to know how to be brilliant defenders, but you know, like there's only one way he's going to go and it's going to be down the line. You just say... Uh, it just it was poor. It was poor, but yeah, it was a good pass and a good finish as well. Yeah, yeah, he put it in the corner. I don't think Fotherham had much chance. I mean, that's the thing about the, the, none of these goals the goalkeeper could do anything about. All, all, all four of them. So I don't think there's a, there's any criticism of the goalkeepers in, in this game. Yep. And then so, uh, Griffiths had a brilliant chance. Right yeah, to right to the death. I mean, if if you, this is where I think he's were quite lucky because. Griffiths already had the post there on. You had the, the walk of Roberts missing the, the follow-up to that. You've obviously had the walk of the throw-in. Um, you then get the walk again here because how many times have you seen a ball come back off the, the crossbar or off the post, hit the goalkeeper and go in? Yes. Yep. Not in this instance, though, because it hits the goalkeeper and goes out for a corner. Yep. And, I mean, I mean, Griffiths was unlucky it didn't go straight in as it was because I, I think, am I right saying Fodder match actually saved that? I think sure. he got fingertips yeah, there. The, the telly seemed to suggest he got a wee touch on it, which was just, if, if he does, it's just enough to take a tip it onto the bar. So, full credit to him for that save. Um, yeah, I think that, like Griffiths had done a few free kicks that uh, Fodderham was managed to keep out, but that was the one that looked like it might actually cause him the, the most problem. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, like, Rangers got a bit lucky with that, but it was enough, uh, and that took us to penalties. Yeah, I, at that point, I was getting... Uh, I don't. I don't think penalties are a fair way to end things. I, I can't think of a better way, so I suppose no. I need to accept it. But, but yeah, at that point, I'm just like, right, whatever happens, it's uh, it's just it's just a lottery. Yeah, I mean, it's a novelty as well because like, I, I was sitting with about five minutes left of this game, thinking this is going to penalties. Has it ever gone to penalties with Celtic Rangers? And I'm, I was racking my brain trying to think of it. And as I'm doing that, Ian Crocker on the telly comes away with the fact that there's only ever been one penalty shootout between Celtic and Rangers, and it happened in the Dryborough Cup in the 1970s, which is before I was born, in a cup that no longer exists. <laughs> so this is the, the second penalty shootout ever between the two teams. So I couldn't handle it. No, I was, <laughs> my, my wife was looking at me thinking I was mental because I was up on my feet at this point pacing the living room. <laughs> See, I, I, every every guy that stepped up, especially when Zalalam and Law stepped up, I'm like, nah, they're missing it, they're missing it. That's it, over, it's over, no, nah, it's over. Just ex, just accepting it, just trying to persuade myself that that's it, over. Don't don't hope for anything, because it, it's just this is it. And I was visualising the Celtic fans celebrating and and even the newspapers, and I was just like, right, that's it. I could have went home. Be honest, I think yeah. I was going through pretty much the same. I mean, it's probably worse for me because Rangers took their penalties first, and then. Well, obviously, you, Rangers blinked first as well. Was it Tavernier missed the first one? Yes. And then I'm thinking, right, you have to score the next penalty. It's, it's, it's no good if they miss a penalty and then you go and miss the next one. And McGregor hits the bar. 
and you're thinking it's an inch away from being a perfect penalty, and he's hit the bar again with a look. And I mean, uh, how many times could have what could be bad? I was like, at this point, it was just. But then, like, um, but the other thing that was in my mind was Craig Gordon's never saved a penalty in his life. Finally, saved one, and this penalty shoot out, um, which gave Celtic another chance to take the lead. And yet again, we passed it up with probably the worst penalty in the body shootout for for Brown. Brown, but we, he kind of side footed it and. Okay, I suppose if uh, Fotherham doesn't guess right, then it's in. But it was a tame penalty. It was. It was very tame. It was just. Uh, well, one, it was the worst one in the shoot. One far. thing I would say uh, in his defence is that he looked injured near the end of the game. I think uh, a few of the Celtic players did. I mean, well, Brown was struggling and Beaton had been struggling at one point, and then he seemed to well, shake off. That's the thing. Which if, is weird because he took coming up with that as a defence for Brown. Beaton just blows that away. Yeah. yeah, that blows that out of the water because Wistig was he was another? really struggling. Wistig took a penalty and he scored us. Yeah, and he was another one that was struggling during the game. So I don't know. Beaton looked like he was coming off. Yes. Yeah. About thirty minutes to go, but because we just got subs for that point, so they've been struggling. I think he just stayed on and played on. Now, I don't know how that's going to affect them for the Premiership games coming up. It'll be interesting to see whether he is still fit or not. But because uh, sometimes adrenaline can get you through these games just enough. Yes. But um, yeah, so so Brown missed his penalty, and then we go into sudden death. Uh, and and by that point, every time Rangers score a penalty, you're thinking, oh, no, we have to score this or we're beat. Yep. And then Roderick steps up. Now I didn't see this on Sunday. It was only when one of the guys at my work, who as a Rangers fan, I should point out, said to me that the penalty spot moved, and I thought you're winding yep. up. Yep. But then I watched it in sports scene, and they they actually gave the the, the slow motion replay. And he's right. When yep. Roderick takes the penalty, takes the last step before he strokes it, that seems to lift the turf just enough so that when he takes the the, the strike of the penalty, all he does is get under it. Yes, it's like a golf shot. Yeah, I seen that. It would be interesting to to see whether that was what affected Tavernier yeah. and yeah, that was my thought as well. McGregor. Yep. Yeah, they never they never showed it. I mean, I, I was looking for it in McGregor's. I'd, I'd never seen a proper replay of Tavernier's, but no, like, they never showed the same slow motion replay in sports scene as they did by Rogers. But it didn't look like McGregor's was any problem. I think McGregor's went where he put it, and I think I think maybe Tavernier's went where he put it as well. But I don't know. I don't know. It, it was never slowed down in the same way that the Rogic one was slowed down. But obviously, that's a deciding penalty. I think it's really harsh of Rogic that like, he's been the one that's that's had the decider. Uh, because I mean, he started on the bench, came on, scored the second goal, was probably our best midfielder in the day, which isn't saying much because I thought the midfield was dreadful. Before before I seen that video, I think it was on Twitter I seen it uh, about the the pitch moving. I was thinking that a lot was made about the pitch. Uh, a lot of people were mocking it how it's never going to be ready. It's never going to be ready. And I thought the the Hibs Dundee United game passed without any incident yeah. involving the pitch and then I thought the Rangers Celtic game passed without any incident there was some bits that looked like it was peeling up slightly but that's going to happen if you're playing two games of football on a pitch over space well, I mean, it's not just two games it's two games plus extra time plus penalties <laughs> yes. in each of the games yes, so yes. for the, the, the pitch to hold up under that pressure only for it to then disintegrate in the very last kick of the ball in, over the two yeah. games it's done what I'd expect it to have done, given it was laid about three or four days previous. 
I would, I would have thought it would have happened a lot more than it actually did. So I can understand why it's happened for that penalty. It's just frustrating that there's only time in the entire 240 minutes of football plus penalty, two penalty shootouts, and it's happened to my team. So again, it's come down to more bad luck deserted us. So I mean, everybody was sitting. Obviously, they, they had the, we had all had the knee-jerk reactions of that's dial finished at Celtic. Um, he has to go now. Uh, we have to sack the board. We have to sack the entire team. Blah blah blah. This whole outpour of all of of Worcester War League Rangers. But when you look at the game itself, Celtic didn't have any luck. Had the better chances in the game, although Rangers controlled the game, and. I can't help but think if just a midfield had played a wee bit better than it actually did, it might not only have been a Celtic win, it may have been a comfortable Celtic win. Because the midfield for me is the most important area of the park. If you give that up, you're giving up a lot of the game. So for us to give that up by pretty much the entire five-man midfield, it's it's a massive, massive hand to Rangers for that game. Um, Which then brings me on to Rangers can't really get carried away with this win. Because although, yes, they have beaten Celtic, and I'm sure the Rangers fans, certainly the ones that were interviewed after the, immediately after the game, were saying, ah, oh, we're going to win the league next season. I don't. Th- I think if they reflect on it, they're going to look at it and go, well, there's certain areas we need to improve in. Um, yes, we're having, we had lots of possession, but we didn't do anything with it. Uh, the, the, you would imagine with the, the likes of Aberdeen and Hearts and possibly Ross County and the other sort of top six teams that, that have also been able to beat Celtic this season will, will at least give uh, Rangers a, go, a game next season if Rangers just went into the, the next season as they are now. Now, I don't expect Rangers to go into this next season as they are now. I expect them to strengthen and, and probably kick on for a year. But I think yesterday probably... They can't get too carried away with the win. They have to kind of look at what, how they won and where they can improve and, and what they have to do next season. There is that, Chris. You're quite right. Uh, I think whatever way it went, I don't think it was going to uh, tell us too much about next season because Rangers are going to bring in so many new players, how they're going to gel, how they're going to handle not dominating games. Or, or perhaps they will dominate games, but it's, a, it's an unknown. But one thing, uh, Rangers were really light in terms of personnel going into that game and I think Warburton has to look at himself there, he keeps talking about how the team's going to be better for it I hope he's better for it because I hope he's learned a lesson there, we started with a guy, Dean Shields uh, and he I can't remember the last time he started a game he comes on as sub very often, but I think he's the type of guy that he's only coming on as a sub because he's at the club he's, yeah. uh, and he was subbed I mean? off in the, in, the, in the game as well, I think it was a Nicky Lockie won for him in this game. Nicky Law, yes, yes. And then you've got Nicky Law as an example yep. of a guy who's not even coming on as a sub lately. You've got Zalalem, who has maybe made one, two appearances since the start of February. He's hardly featured at all. So you've got these guys that Warburton's got himself in a situation where he's forced to play them because he keeps talking about a tight-knit squad. And he, he's made that decision to have that tight-knit squad. He's made the decision to have a bench with five people on it. He says that there's no freebies at the club. You have to earn your place on the bench. You're not good. You're not just going to get it just because there's a space sitting there. So I think he needs to learn it. He's, I don't know, naive is a strong word, but he needs to learn that he needs a bigger squad. He's touched upon it already. He says if, if we get any Europe, he's probably going to need another two players on top of the base squad that he was going to have anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's, 
when you've got a tight squad like that of basically eleven starters and backups, you can't you can't afford to have people Waghorns out, O'Halloran, uh, King perhaps they're yeah. not for uh, starters, but, well, but they were all they were cup tied and they were missing. It was it was a really light in terms of a key position really. Yeah, they're think... light up front as well, aren't you? You've not really got many options up front at all. It's weird because we don't really play with a striker. Mackay's as much a striker as Kenny Miller is, as O'Halloran is, as Waghorn is. They play as a front three and they swap throughout the match. Uh, Nicky Clark is maybe more of a traditional striker, but he doesn't really get a, a game. He's, again, somebody that comes on near the end of the game if Kenny Miller's flagging. Yeah. And I think I think you were probably unfortunate in that you lost Harry Forrester to um, injury as well. So, I mean, you, like you mentioned, like, Wycon's been out for week, uh, weeks now. There's a good chance he'll be back for the final, which is, is maybe the, yes. the, the plus point here. Forrester's unfortunately out for the rest of the season. Uh, He's some guy. See, Forrester, he, was, uh, he injured his leg uh, at the, the end of the, the Peterhead game. Mm-hmm. He was hobbling round in the lap of honour. At one point, there was a group photo, and I could see him trying to run. And he's hobbling away to try and get into this group four. And then you find out that he's got a hairline fracture in his leg. Yeah, he's uh, a madman. Mad, mental. Yeah. Um, and he mentioned the likes of Billy King and, and O'Halloran are both cup tied as well. So, you, I mean, I, yes, I agree that the, the, you, you probably need a strong squad. But for me, it's hard to criticise him when there's one trophy in the cabinet already. You're getting another one at the weekend. There's still a chance you can add the Scottish Cup to that. The only uh, thing you haven't won this season is the League Cup. And you've done it on this tight squad. So, I mean, if your tight squad is of good quality, then it's probably the best way to do it. Because you compare that with the likes of Celtic, who have 800 million midfielders. Um, we still have Scott Allen, by the way. I don't know if anybody actually remembers who he is at this point in time, because I haven't seen him in weeks, months. Oh, and I don't think anybody has. See, for, for your Scott Allen, I'll give you David Templeton. He appeared in a Christmas video where they, they read a, a poem a Christmas poem uh, that's the last time I've seen him at Ibrox yeah. uh, he's, he's quite clearly got an attitude problem that, is, is he playing in the development squad by any chance? I don't know, right. I don't know I, I, I looked at the, the Celtic's development squad played tonight uh, Ryan Christie was playing Stuart Armstrong was playing as well Scott Allen nowhere to be seen so Scott Allen yeah. can't even get into your development squad at home is he injured? yeah that's, he that's a bizarre one because he was I, I, I really rated him You've got to think he's injured if he's not even getting in the development yeah, squad. You would think so, but unless he's unless the the call came that he wants to be training with the first team squad for ahead of Sunday's game against Ross County, I don't know. I, I would still have thought he'd been played on. He could have played on Monday and then played again on Sunday. Oh, you'd think so, yeah. It's just it's just it's a totally bizarre one. You you, you almost get the impression that the the, the rumours that Celtic signed him just so Rangers couldn't have him are true. They yeah. just. Because Dyler either doesn't rate him or hasn't figured out how to use him. It's a shame because I thought I could I could see him as a, a Scotland star. But then you'd think they would have signed him and then straight away loaned him back to Hibs. Yes, yeah, you would have thought so. Because yeah. at least to Ryan Christie, he was at Inverness for the last six months. Now, I still don't understand why we, why we recalled him because I'd have left him at Inverness. Yep. It's just, some of the decisions that Celtic have made this season have been utterly bizarre. It's funny, it's, it's the complete opposite, isn't it, Warburton and Dyler? and their, their approach to squads it's interesting and right now it's uh, it's looking like uh, Warburton's 
decision, well, as you say, he's, he's won the, the trophy and he's, he's won the, the league, but his decision is quite perilous. It's, it could have been risky. a different story, yeah, if he, if he had had quite a few injuries, then yeah. he would have certainly been light come the yeah, end We of don't the have a, we have, we've got the three central defenders, if you like, Ball, Wilson and Kiernan, but other than that, there's nobody else can do it. We've got yeah. a right back and we've got a left back and that's it, nobody else can do it. It's so risky, but it's it's worked. Somehow. Yeah, I think even the injuries you've had have kind of like Wycon got injured around about the time that Hibs collapsed, so that probably helped. Um, what you say, Mitchell Forrester's only just injured this week, so yep. that's that's unfortunate. But then you've only one game left of your season now, effectively. Okay, there's a couple of league games to play, but who cares? League's done. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what to expect for the game on Wednesday. Uh, because I think both both teams will be leggy after playing extra yeah, time and penalties. Uh, but I think that will even itself out, though. But I mean, well, technically, they've got a, day, a day's extra rest, but is that going to make much difference? Um, there, there is that one eye uh, on the cup final aspect of it, because that's, the, the two teams are in the cup final, they'll, they'll be looking to get one up to the other. Um, but Rangers probably have the big advantage already because they've got the, the championship in the bag. Hibs are still fighting on, on, on two fronts at the moment because of what they can put the Scottish Cup to one side, but the Scottish Cup comes in the middle of what they'll be hoping is a successful run in the, the playoffs. Now, the ideal situation for Hibs is that they can overtake Falkirk and finish second so that they get that extra couple, they don't have to play those extra couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are still looking to play those games uh, to beat Falkirk or Wraith Rovers. To, to then go on and play whoever finishes 11th in the Premiership. But that's going to come at exactly the time that the Cup final happens. Yep. In fact, if, if Hibs are in the Premiership playoff, then the, the, the Premiership playoff will get moved because they're in the Scottish Cup final as well. Yeah, oh yeah, and I've got, you've got the issue with contracts as well. Oh yeah, well, it might run on a bit, a bit, but I think they yeah. could probably work their way around that, but yeah. it's interesting to see how they, how they manage that. Whereas you compare that with Rangers, Rangers can now... Uh, rest their key players, make sure there's no more injuries, play at the last couple of games, train for a couple of weeks while they wait while Hibs are playing their playoff games and then playing the Scottish Cup final. Well, so, the, the last game is the first of May and then yeah. the Scottish Cup final is at twenty first. Yeah, three weeks later. <laughs> yep. So it is on the one hand, Rangers have got a couple of weeks off, which maybe isn't a good thing because it might not be a threat or they might be a bit sort of on holiday mode when they come back to play the final. But then again, Hibs might be playing so many games of an up. Yep. So I think that's going to be an interesting uh, aspect of the, how the final plays out, just to see just to see what does happen there. But it's a few weeks away yet, and uh, we should probably crack on. Time is marching on, and we haven't spoken about anything other than the Scottish Cup and pies so far. <laughs> so uh, just a, a quick run through of the the lower leagues. We should actually we should start off in the, the Highland League, where uh, Cove Rangers did indeed clinch the the Highland League uh, in midweek. And they will play Edinburgh City in the playoff for the right to play East Stirling for possibly the, the position in League Two. Uh, and as we mentioned on the podcast last week, Cove Rangers are one of the few teams in the Highlands actually want to join the league, uh, the, the SPFL. So it'll be interesting to see if that makes a difference because obviously Broader Rangers weren't. And uh, they put up a good fight against Edinburgh City. Uh, I think they, in fact, they even beat them, but then lost it to Montrose in the, the, the final playoff round. So. That'll be interesting. Um, at the other end of League Two, East Fife clinched the title, and what was probably the, the most exciting of the four divisions. Uh, they have, they, they have, they, but they've clinched that. But the two, the four teams be- below them 
are still playing for three playoff places and there's only a point between the four of them. <laughs> so that's um, exciting. Uh, in League One, uh, Forfar have swept to the bottom thanks to Breaking City winning. So they're in, in, the, in the precarious uh, straight down relegation spot, whereas Breaking are in the, the, the last 10 saloon playoff spot. Uh, and in the the championship, it's looking more and more likely that Livingston will be part of the, the playoffs as well. Because uh, although Dumbarton did lose at the weekend to Wraith Rovers in the, 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 the BBC Alba game, they're, they're still looking like they're maybe just far enough ahead of Livingston to, to survive. Um, I, I should probably point out that Wraith Rovers did win as part of the charity bet, but unfortunately it didn't matter because Queen of South had drawn earlier in the day. Um, so that's the charity bet gubbed for another week. Uh, the first goal scorer we had was Stephen Mallon at St Martin, uh, and it was um, Shankland that scored first instead. So I'm blaming GB for that one because he's on one for Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said won it when I, when I seen it come in. No. I don't know why I was thinking that. It's a pity because did you see the odds? Aye, I've seen yeah, the returns, yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking like 95 quid for a £10 stake if Marlon had got the first goal, which surprised me given he'd scored uh, what, two goals in the, the previous week. So Sadly not, though. So, uh, the bookies knew best. They did, as always. Don't they always? <laughs> so that's the that's the league roundup. We've done extremely quickly this week because we spent so long talking about Scottish Cup. But um, we can march on now. I'm going to look at the, the Premiership, which returns this weekend. Uh, Hamish, you'll be glad about that. Yeah. Do you even care? I mean, I, I, I know he's through against Inverness in midweek. But it's, well, it's, it's quite a European spot, at least. Basically, that was the last important game of the season for us, really. Yeah. Getting us to Europe. Uh, you're, you're struggling to catch Aberdeen now. Again, eight points. It seems to be the favourite gap in the Premiership. It's, ob- it's obviously still possible. I can't see it myself, so... Just got to enjoy the last couple of games of the season, and that's about it for Hearts. What did you think at the start of the season? Did you think you were going to get Europe? I was happy with top six. I thought if we if we could get into the top six, that would be realistic for us. So obviously, it's been a much better season than expected, and uh, the guys have outperformed themselves. So more than happy. You should so have we... money in the bank with the amount of sellouts that you've got to to hopefully strengthen. Well, that's, that's it. Our attendance has been going up every year, and I think now we're 16,500 every every week. How where's the money coming from for the, the improvements? I was going to say, you could do expanding the stadium, but you're, is that what you're going to do? Uh, and Budge is, I think, putting a bit of that money in as well, but we've also got the Foundation of Hearts, where all the fans are giving their money every every month, and I think they're saying now that they've got about two two and a half million out of that. Right. Nice. Well, that's pretty successful. It uh, seems to be a, a good model to run the, the club on. And uh, hopefully you never end up in the, the mess you were in under the likes of Romanoff and I suppose before him, Robinson. Yeah. I can't see uh, that happening again. No, I don't think the fans will allow it now. Which is good. I mean, that's, that's, good, for the, that's good for the club. That's what you get when you get somebody like Budge. Somebody with the, the business acumen. Yeah. Isn't just a, a football fan. Uh, it's got that, that business that history behind her. Yeah, it's almost just common sense as well, isn't it, really? Yes. So uh, we should probably get the the predictions underway. Uh, we'll start off with the Friday night game, St. Johnson versus Aberdeen. 
Um, if Aberdeen don't win that, then Celtic can win the title at Tyne Tyne Castle. Yeah. (laughs) Not happy about that. No, I bet you're not. (laughs) I wouldn't worry about it. It's not going to (laughs) happen. However, I've got Aberdeen to win this game 2 0, so. So far. <laughs> That's why I don't think it'll happen. No, no, I, that, there's other reasons I don't think it'll happen, but uh, I think Aberdeen will win this one, unfortunately. Aye, it's, it's going to be an interesting end to the season uh, with, with so many teams just not quite not giving in, but so many teams looking and just thinking, well, this is the, the best we're going to really do. Fourth, fifth, or sixth, does it, does it really matter that much? Uh, so I think Aberdeen's the one that has got a bit more, bit more behind it. So I think they'll be winning two one. Actually, that's a point I never thought of. The fact that fourth place is now definitely not a European place means fourth, fifth, and sixth safe for relegation. Nothing else to play for. Unlikely to catch hearts. Yeah. Oh, sorry, can't catch hearts. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's, there's much of a difference in the finances, but yeah, I suppose you play for professional pride. And I'm sure Mother will have not played in the playoff last season. Would love to be fourth. Oh, definitely. Oh, I. Greg has been saying a lot at the start of this season, anyway, that they'd be contenders for going down, and then look what magic McGee has done. Well, they had a good run of form just at the right time. Yes. Yeah, they were about five. I think they were heading for five wins or something. Well, they got five wins, but then they played Celtic. So, uh, even then. They get battered in the first half and Celtic couldn't find their way through. Seems to be commonplace these days. <laughs> Can't score goals. Um, but uh, the, the, the officer came back. Had the, the, the very tight offside just before the, the, the equaliser and then the winning goal went through the keeper who had a good game in the first half. So. But unfortunate. But, um, that was just a nice one to the, the, the first of the Saturday games. Motherwell versus Hearts. I like Hamish pick first. I'm going to go for a Hearts 2 one one Simply because I was at Tynecastle last time we played them at Tynecastle and stuffed them 6 0. Ouch, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I <don't> remember that. <laughs> yep. a, bit, a bit more conservative this time, just for a 2 1. I suppose we didn't have anything else to play for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, Motherwell are going well just now, so yeah. it'll be tricky, but I think Hearts will win this one 2 1. Um, I might just go with 2 all, to be honest. I'm not sure they'll win it, but it's a very good, it's a very good game. I was going to go 1-1. I've just realised I haven't been doing the odds for these games because I don't have them at Bookie page up. Uh, I'll get that. Because that's the, normally John that does that. I know, it's it? usually John and I and I've completely forgot to do it. I'll need to get it up in the minute anyway because we'll be doing a charity bit after us. <laughs> um, the final Saturday game, there's only two Saturday 3 o'clock games at the weekend in the Premiership. Rubbish. Uh, aye, the final Saturday game is Partick Thistle versus Dundee. Two teams will be disappointed they didn't make the top six. I've got this down as a draw. Dundee draw a lot of games, so I'll say 1-1. One, one. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going for as well. I was going to go for 2-2. Two, two. There we go. Everybody's going for a draw. The odds are 6-4 for Partick Thistle, victory 12-5 for a draw, and 19-10 for an away win. Alright. The on to Sunday where there's three games. We'll start off with the you gave me mention there on at half twelve, Inverness Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock wanting to kick on for their first win under Lee Clark. Yeah, I'm gonna take Inverness to win it two one though. Yeah, they, they, they've been a bit hit and miss Inverness this season, but um again I'm gonna to have to agree with you two one. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I'm going for three one to Inverness. The home win is the 
quite a common odds of twenty one to twenty. <laughs> that one for for some reason we don't like evens. Uh, five to two for the draw or twenty seven to ten for a killer win. Okay, so the first of the three o'clock kickoffs is at Celtic Park. Celtic hosting Ross County as they did the first day of the season where Ross County gave us a pretty good game. Obviously Ross County went on to beat us in the League Cup because that's what we do in semi-finals these days is lose. It'll be interesting to see how many Celtic players are fit for this game. Yeah. I think there could be a few that are injured after Sunday but I'll I'll take them to win 2-0. To be honest that might let us bring in a few people that we could, could do with a bit of uh, replacing. We have a, a few midfielders that are, are worth a, a punt. Might see Christy. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Might even see Scott Allen. No, Scott Allen. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say one all. I think Ross County will cause us some problems. Again. Oh. I'm going to go 2-1 to Celtic. The home win, there's no much value there. It's 1-5. to five. The draw, 13-2. <laughs> That's a good one for you, Chris. Or 12-1 to one for a Ross County win. Big odds. All right. Don't fancy Ross County to win, but the draw might be. Nah, I can't bet no. <laughs> Alright, and the final game, assuming we're alright and Kilmarnock could beat, could be a biggie. Dundee United versus Hamilton. Both teams have been looking to win that if Kilmarnock was. Hamilton to get away from Kilmarnock in the playoff spot, Dundee United to try and catch him. I'll take Dundee United to win 2 1. Um, I'm going to say 1 0. Hamilton. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I I don't see I haven't done you either done. Falling apart at the seams, I think. Yep, yep. I think there's a, a sense of that. Yeah, I I don't know what's been said after the, the incident with Donaldson, but if the gunning incident, Donaldson incident, it's not looking good. Yeah, but I was going to go one one though. That one. Uh, the odds are eleven to ten for Dundee United to win. The draw is thirteen to five, and away win is five to two at McBrickey. All right. I think the only thing out of those that we all agreed on was Inverness one, mm-hmm. which is a Sunday game at twenty-one to twenty, and that was evens. Now I'm not a big fan of spotting the bet over two days. Um, I don't think there was much odds, or there was much money in the other two games. There, we never really agreed on. Anything anyway, so. What about Aberdeen? Um, at evens. Evens, but they're away from home. Yeah. Spot over three days. <laughs> Can I make a suggestion for Saturday tea time? Yeah. Wraith Rovers against Falkirk. Oh, that's a big score. That's probably a good shout, actually. Well, uh, four, to, four to seven for that. Both teams to score is not a bad one. Wraith Rovers are on fire, just now. Yeah. They'll be on the telly box as the well. They'll play Falkirk, who'll be trying to secure that second spot still. So, that's that. Aye, that could be a really good game. That'll be in Alba, I'd imagine. If yep. it's a, like a quarter past five in a, a Saturday game. That should be a cracker. Um, what else do we have? Elgin are away to East Durban. I'm just looking at the, play, the games that could decide playoff spots. And an athletic and it's stubborn Albion. They're thirteen to ten to win that game. No surprised. Pretty big o- that league sucks. There's big odds on Brecon City who are fighting for their lives just now. Um, They've won their last five games at home. Yeah. 
But they are playing. Dunrar not just beat Dunfermline. Ah, but I think Dunfermline motion. Dunfermline have kind of just given up. They've won. It's a rush game. It is a rush game one, but I just I like the look of breaking. Aye, they're they're getting a wee run together just at the right time. Ninety four. Ninety four is. It's a risky one, but it would pump the odds up. Alright. He who dares. What about uh, Breakin plus one? It's four to six. Hmm. I think there's too many hums and haws in this one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that kind of time of the season, though. It's, yeah. Some teams are coasting, other teams are fighting for their lives. Unusual results. Abound. Uh, oh, yeah, like, the other big game I like to Queen's Park and Clyde. They're touching that with a basketball. It's two of the, the playoff teams playing each other. Hibs to stuff Rangers? Nah, it's a Wednesday game. We don't normally go for the midweek. Uh, and we, we definitely don't go for, for Rangers getting stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Queen of the South at home at Livingston is 5-4. They don't yep. have much to play for. And Livingston are fighting for their life. And they're obviously not two to one to win that game. Dumbarton are playing St Murn, and I think the biggest thing that's going to be ending happening because they've got eight to five for each of the teams to win and five to two for the draw. So if you could guess Dumbarton St Murn right, it's good money though. I would take St Murn in that game. Aye, they seem to be hitting a wee bit of form at the moment. I tell you what, see if you just went for St Murn and breaking, that would be some decent money. We're struggling. £10 bet on St Martin and Breakin City would be £84.50 if you really wanted to be brave. I think that's possible. What about adding in Inverness and the Wraith Rovers Falkirk both teams to score? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm not a fan of splitting the bet over two days because see, every time we split the bet it gets scuppered in the first half. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that includes the 5-15 game. A lot. Because that's what happened last week, yeah. The Queen of South scuppered the bet before Reservoir was kicked off. Although we're, we're leaving the, the single game on the Sunday, ignoring the, the tea time kickoff. So it's not as if we're not, we're not going to burst it with the, the first game. Nah, but it bursts ahead of the, ahead of the final game. Yes, aye, so. yeah. Right. I'm, I'm inclined to go St. Martin breaking, to be honest. Right, okay. I think it's, there's, there's good money aye. there. And let's go for it's it. It's staffed as in. So aye, let's go with that one. Alright, so the final thing we need is a first goal scorer. And I've no idea. Nathan Austin. East Fife. Uh, Way to Berwick. Is that right? He's a top goal scorer, is he not? I think you're right, aye. But they don't really have anything to play for now, because that's the one in the league. Yeah. I think there'll be a few. There's a few of them. Favourite choices like that, unfortunately. Um, I fancy Kenny Miller to score again there. Oh, Kenny Miller. <laughs> I, I, every game goes by, I love him more and more. Down he scored in the cup final, scored there at Ham. He's, he's loving Hamden, that's for sure. When that time he scored twice against Benfica? Oh, no, that's when he played for us. I like him that much that I forgive him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have to say it. I mean, I've seen the footy blog net po- uh, post or something on Facebook about how uh, somebody apparently said that that's him scored for all three old fun games, all three, all three old fun teams, and old fun games. 
Aye. Not my joke. <laughs> no, I, I can handle, I can handle it when it's a joke, when it's when it's nasty. That's when I don't like it. So jokes I can handle. What about the guy that plays up front for Inverness, the English guy? Ah, we can't go for the top flight. We're not like top flight. Yeah, first goal scorer bit. Right, what about to to throw a wee bit of spanner in the works? What about Naddy? Against St. Murn, that we've picked up a That's a that's a that's a hedge your bets kind of thing. Nah, Naddy only scores against Hibs, come on. <laughs> I don't think he always starts either, does he? <laughs> no, I don't think he does. Um, um, I'm really struggling. Well, I tell you what, Elgin City are at East Fife. And I seem to remember we've had money and gun before. So what if when when Elgin City need the win and they're playing the team bottom of the league? Mm-hmm. So what if we went with Craig Gunn, the second top goal scorer in the league? Mm-hmm. Picked him a few times before, haven't we? I don't th- I don't think he's ever quite won us any money, but must be due to it now. Go for that then. Are the odds up yet? Uh, I don't think they are. Wouldn't it? They're not usually out on Monday night. No, they're not. So, okay, we shall tweet them from the at SFF podcast Twitter account later in the week. Uh, great guns are bet, so. That plus the St. Martin Breaking City double, fingers crossed, gives us another win before we hit the end of the season. Because we've done pretty well this season, but we've kind of died up the last few weeks. Uh, one topic we need to add to the, the podcast chat for the, the coming weeks is the destination. Yes, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a charity bet, but at the moment we don't have a charity to give it to, so if anybody's got any suggestions for a charity bet, then you can you can tweet us at SFF Podcast, or yeah, but suggest it on the forum. What's so your far, we've, uh, we've focused on children's charities, um, but that's not necessarily a rule. No, uh, no, it's, it's just it's, the way it's gone. Yeah. It's just a kind of a favoured suggestion for us, but no, if, if somebody can come up with a legitimate uh, reason to give for a charity, then we're open to suggestions. Well, uh, this is maybe one for listeners who have listened for years, but uh, one of the first charities we gave money to was York Hill because my mate's son uh, was ill and he had leukemia, and I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but he's now like completely cured. He's had the the all clear. It's a long journey, but he's he's now he's now fine. Uh, but yeah, that might not mean a, much to to people who have only just started listening to the podcast. But I, I mentioned him a few times back in the day when we were picking uh, different charities because I think we went with your kill, and I think we went with another charity that provides support to the families. Oh, uh, the the, the, the beaten. Yeah, we did that yeah. one year, and we did quick sergeant another year as well. Yeah, so it's just a bit. A positive outcome from that. Yeah, I mean, like, that's about the, the biggest amount we've managed to give to charity any season. So, so that's 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 the, that's the positive of doing this podcast. Definitely, definitely. It's it's not just chatting about pies. Oh, or folk eat pies. Or folk have penalties for pies. Yes. Oh, the back to the pie chat. I was at Hamden for the uh, Peterhead game, and uh, they ended up selling out. They ran out of the stall I was at. 
What did they underestimate how many fans were going to be on? I don't know. I don't know what the the, the chat was. What how, how they managed to run out? But yeah, it was, it was terrible service. And then, well, they ran out because I seen a guy come back with a bag of skittles, shouting abuse at the <laughs> behind the stall because they let him queue up for a whole fifteen minutes before being told that there was no pies, and they was, they still let people queue up. Pie anger. Yes. Oh, it's serious stuff. So it's like a hashtag on Twitter. <laughs> hashtag pie angle. <laughs> That's a kind of... Maybe you're not want to Google that. <laughs> Put safe search on. It's more sort of say, grrr, to kill my pie. Which takes us back to the start of the podcast. <laughs> Aye, it's all scripted. It's, it's, it's right in front of me. Hello. <laughs> Get to pie chat. <laughs> Moan about Celtic. Get back to pies. Aye. Alright, so I think we should probably call it a night there. So I enjoyed coming on. Enjoyed speaking to you, Hamish, finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been a pleasure. Nice to speak to, to you guys too, yeah. Obviously, you spoke to you spoke to John last time you were on. And That's right. I really enjoyed listening to the podcast, so I'm glad you could come on again. And you're always no welcome to come on. No bother. And uh, also, thank you to everybody for listening. If you've managed to get through all the pie chat, well done. Especially if you're a Celtic fan, because it's not exactly been the easiest of weeks. Uh, and I'll just say thanks for coming on guys and we'll talk to you all again next week cheers cheers